Return of the Quan. <laughs> yeah, I did too. What the fuck? <laughs> Hi, y'all. Welcome to that bleeping podcast, a podcast wherein four academics who love television recap, analyze, and love and hate on all things popular culture. Right now, we're working our way through Degrassi: The Next Generation, taking them usually two episodes at a time, but because this is the season one finale, uh, and there's also an odd number of episodes. We're doing three episodes, so episodes 13 through 15. Before we start, two things. Spoiler alert, there will be full spoilers as we recap each of these three episodes, and sailor alert will most likely swear, so do what you have to do with that information. I'm Tiffany Salter. I am a professor of Asian American and Pacific Islander literature and um, pop culture and nerdy things. I'm Sonic Gabbard. I am a, a professor at Ohio State University. Uh, my specialty is political economy, uh, but I love Degrassi and pop culture, and I'm in feminist studies, so I get to weigh in with my little feminist two cents. I'm Jacinta. I'm a PhD candidate at Ohio State. I teach a b- bunch of things, but primarily research um, television, film, and pop culture, and I've loved Degrassi for many, many years. And I'm Brendan Shaw. I'm a professor of African-American literature, pop culture, and film, and a lot of composition. And I love pop culture, but this is my first time watching Degrassi, which I've been enjoying this season. Woo! Uh, so, Jacinta, you're going to start us off with uh, episode 13, Cabaret. We're going to recap all of them in one straight go, and then then we'll talk about all three of them kind of together. Yeah, so this episode titled Cabaret uh, because this is apparently Degrassi's lunchtime cabaret, (laughs) which is a thing, I guess. So several of the students are getting acts together uh, to perform in the cabaret. And sort of the main groups we focus on in this episode are the group of Terry, Ashley, and Paige, and then also a group that ends up being Emma, Manny, and and Toby with JT kind of on the side. What we start out with is Ash and Terry are supposed to be an act, two girls and a keyboard, which is Ashley's idea, naturally. Ashley has written this song, and it's kind of a a slow song, and you can tell very quickly that Terry's not really feeling it. She wants to jazz it up a little, um, which, of course, enter Paige, our resident instigator, Paige both wants to join the group and change things up, um, but Ash doesn't want to add Paige to the group. In this episode, suddenly Terry is like, I don't know, in the Psychic Friends Network, so she <laughs> is like into everything mystical and has is like 
giving a presentation about like mystical things and using tarot cards and so on and so forth. Um, so this sort of ends up folded into their story um, because Ash sort of believes in in these things um, because of like her aunt or something. Paige and Terry use that to their advantage to try to get Paige into the group. What what it ultimately ends up boiling down to is Terry is tired of being yanked around. And she's also tired of having to defer to Ash on everything. Ash just getting her way. So basically, it comes to a point where they, they have Ash and Paige have radically different ideas of how the group should go. Ash wants to be slow and refined and Paige wants to be upbeat and and happening, so to speak, and sparkly. And so Terry has to choose and she ends up choosing Paige. And Paige and Terry, with the assistance of Mr. Simpson, do this jazzed up version of the song that Ash wrote. Um, Mr. Simpson's synthesizer plays a key role here. And so they perform that version while Ash watches on the side. Ultimately, though, Ash decides, basically, if you can't beat them, join them. So she decides to join with Paige and Terry. Um, and they form a new supergroup that's going to be called PMS because... <laughs> Of course, um, Paige is Paige's idea, naturally. And then the other sort of side of this is Manny <laughs> Manny and Emma are doing this, like, interpretive <laughs> dance about the environment and hunting and panthers that Emma tries to convince Sean to be a part of it. He's like, I don't dance, which, you know, apropos. Toby, who is still apparently crushing on, on Emma in the background, signs up to join in. But then Manny gets hurt, twists her ankle or something, so she has to not be one of the main roles, and Toby has to fulfill her spot. So Toby and Emma do this interpretive dance along with Manny and <laughs> JT heckles, and when they actually perform it for the lunchtime cabaret, everybody laughs, and then Sean gets very, very hulky on them and, and yells at them all to shut up or whatever. I mean... I feel like uh, that's pretty much the gist of, of the episode. I mean, there's more details than that, but those two things are the main things that were happening in the episode. Yeah, so I have episode 14, which is Under Pressure. And the sort of through line between all three of these episodes, I guess, is, well, there's a couple through lines. One of them is Sean, who we see only fleetingly in the last episode. And in this episode... We open on Sean studying for, so tests are coming, basically is the point of the episode. And Sean is worried because he sees himself as a failure. So the episode starts with him studying with Tracker, his cool older brother. He's studying for, we, we discover the class is actually called 20th Century Media Immersion. One track is Sean trying to study for that. Uh, and then the other track is Spinner trying to find a way to get out of studying for uh, the English class. So Sean, over the course of the episode, uh, this becomes sort of a way for him to flirt with uh, Emma. But that also means that Emma meets and talks more with Tracker. And Tracker sort of plays both good brother and bad brother because he has a moment with Emma while Sean is inside their house where he sort of tells Emma that Sean did bad things at his old school, but also tells her that he's she's a good influence on Sean. 
then Emma sort of doesn't have all the information and is unsure what to do with this. And so when they're studying, basically we learn that Sean injured a boy in such a way that he made him deaf in one ear. And so that's the sort of thing in the background is that we know that Sean has a temper. That is what's sort of established. And we've seen this before, but that's sort of established. He takes the test. He doesn't finish it. It's a timed online test. And so he's like in a bad mood. And throughout the episode, Jimmy is sort of lightheartedly mocking him. They're mocking each other. It's not really sure. This has come been in previous episodes, but it comes to the foreground. And it culminates in Sean, like, basically saying we should fight. And they have a fight in the alley after school, which I don't think we've ever seen before. And as is the way of things, Emma, because she wants to save everyone, tries to intercede. Sean knocks her over. In that moment, he realizes what he's doing. He breaks from the fight. Jimmy sort of has this whole narrative that Sean's a coward. Ashley's like, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> like one of her smarter lines because Jimmy sometimes seems really oblivious Uh, and then Sean does well on the test even though he thought he wouldn't which I guess is sort of showing that he's actually good at things he just has to trust himself but Emma won't speak to him the b-plot is about Miss Kwan coming back which made me very happy and apparently everyone having nostalgia for her (laughs) Um, return of the Kwan exactly Mm -hmm. and they're very sweet to her but of course, because she's Miss Klon, she comes back to give them a test. Spinner has this great idea, which is really disgusting, that he's going to get himself sick because Terry is sick. And so he like basically licks the top of the cup she's been drinking from, which just really skewed me out. <laughs> he ends up getting sick ultimately, but first he takes the test and does actually pretty well after Miss Kwan gives him a pep talk. The sort of two stories are both about people who are better at things than they think they are if they just try. Spinner's has a more comical because it's Spinner result and Kishan is our bad boy or our tortured soul or whatever. His ends in him sort of hurting Emma, sort of hurting Jimmy, and only really hurting himself. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and being a douchebag. Being an incredible dick. I mean, I think... An unsympathetic dick. All right, all right. (laughs) I mean, the last thing I'll say, just as a a thing into the next one, is I think all three of these episodes sort of are about the tension between if we're supposed to be sympathetic to Sean or write him off, which, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yep, Um, and just to put a fine point, uh, before the final episode, Emma and Sean are definitely broken up. Yeah, sorry, I should have said that. No, it just it just bears on on the final episode. So the final episode is called Jagged Little Pill. This is the end of the school year, and so we start off by uh, you know us students saying goodbye to teachers and vice versa. In the media immersion class, this means that the class made this little going away thing for Snake, and one of so it's like. All of their faces, and they're all saying different things, but one of them is, we love you, L-U-V, we love you, Mr. Snake, which is amazing. <laughs> and also, Miss Kwan, like, gives awards to the grade eights, and... Oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. We can get there later. But we find out that um, Ashley's mom and Toby's dad are going out of town overnight, and they're allowed to invite one friend over each... And explicitly told no parties. <laughs> Ashley invites over Terry, and of course, Toby invites over JT. Where this ends up going wrong is 
Ashley runs across Jimmy and tells him, and she's upset that Jimmy wasn't upset that she didn't invite him. Um, and then, <laughs> and then Paige basically tries to invite herself and Ashley's like, ah, oh, it's fine. And of course, Paige takes this to mean that she can bring Hazel. And so now Ashley um, is at three guests and Toby's got JT. And so they decide to also invite Sean and Lure. And Sean's like, no, that sounds terrible. But they're like, oh, no, Emma will be there because Sean wants to get um, back together with Emma. He, of course, like he, he shows up, even though he would never actually hang out with Toby and JT. Okay. We cut to that evening and JT and Toby and Sean are hanging out in Toby's room. The girls are downstairs watching scary movies, but um, in Toby's room, JT pulls out ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where's this grade seven getting ecstasy? Oh, wait, he's got an older brother, apparently. And says... I think it's the same place he got the porn. Oh, probably, yeah. His cousin, the URLs. Yeah, the URLs. Um, so, so JT says something about this is the love drug, and there's a whole room of girls down there needing some love, which we'll get to that later. But Sean's like, okay, well, we need to cut this up. So he goes downstairs, switches it with aspirin, cuts up the aspirin in two and gives it to JT and Toby, but he leaves the other, the actual ecstasy pill with Ashley and tells her to like flush it down the toilet or something. But Ashley instead decides to put that little ecstasy pill in her 1950s domestic goddess apron that she's wearing as she is (laughs) hostessing hostessing it up like with her like I don't know breadsticks and marinara or something I don't know there's there's a whole lot going on I thought those were ham bones I'm so confused why would they be ham bones why would they be weird doughy not cooked breadsticks I mean why are they watching a 3D movie with 3D glasses we can get to it so um so So then we cut to the boys and there's like sitar music playing and apparently they don't know what ecstasy is about supposed to do because they are totally pretending to be tripping on acid or something. So they've got full placebo effect going on and Sean's just like laughing at him or at them. But Ashley invites Jimmy over and takes the ecstasy and then starts making an ass of herself laughing too much at the the movies or screen not laughing screaming too much at the scary movies so then like she invites jimmy over and they bring over a whole bunch of people so we're in full party mode ashley tries to make out with jimmy and like i don't know something happens and she gets they get mad she goes upstairs runs into sean and she starts complaining about like how Jimmy is not like because Jimmy's mad at her because she took drugs and says it's stupid and that she needs to drink a lot of water. And she's like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll drink water from the toilet. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's because Jimmy just wants a good girl, Tiffany. <laughs> Sorry, oh. it was just a little drink shout out. He just wants a good girl. All right. Anyway. Sorry. So then uh, she bumps into Sean in the hallway and they go into her room and make out like a bunch of assholes. Well, you left out a reason. There's a little more there. The reason is that, like, I I forget. (laughs) Because Emma and Manny showed up, but then Emma wouldn't talk to Sean, and then she made him cry thug tears. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that part. 
And that's I'm sorry I interrupted, but it was worth it for that. <laughs> and that's when Ash ran into him. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> because no one understands Sean and no one understands Ashley. And so they're MFEO. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're almost there. Okay. So then. <laughs> oh, and Liberty's there too. Oh, that was the best part. Oh, dancing with Liberty. Yeah. Before they, before she goes makes that with Sean, she's dancing with Liberty and she's Liberty. I've been wanting to tell you this forever, but like, I get you. You're like me, only you're not. And I forget what I've been, I forgot to finish typing up the quote, but it was bonkers. And she knocks over a vase back to post makeout sesh. Sean walks out of her room as Jimmy's walking up and then she comes out and her hair is all disheveled and like her shirt <laughs> is hanging off of her shoulder and then she follows him downstairs because he's leaving and says a bunch of shit about how she should have like broken up with him on his birthday and basically calls everyone there like an asshole. She, she is mean to everyone, which also makes no sense at all. <laughs> Cut to the next morning and everything is a mess And Terry and Toby are telling Ashley basically what a jerk she was and the scene, pretty much. (laughs) And Sinner brings a box from Jimmy with all of the things and says, don't call. (laughs) Yep. And then she ugly cries. Yeah, Yeah. she does. She she real ugly cries. She did like a a wall slide. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then... You know. And then ugly cried. There's a lot of crying in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's puberty, puberty, puberty. I know. <laughs> and I mean, Toby's that... just the sweetest little boy. <laughs> so do we want to take them in order, or do we just want to free fall through all of this? I, I enjoy Cabaret, but Cabaret is obviously, there's less meat on its bones. Cabaret is set up, I feel like, for the last two. Yeah, I do. I did write, there are a couple of great quotes in cabaret also i think this is a good cabaret is a great bridge episode from our special episode on the craft to then oh that's being into ouija and tarot literally Uh. my my first bullet point says terry probably watched the craft (laughs) oh my god to sense it out of my brain i wrote this well i wrote terry would be the great fifth member of the craft what (laughs) element would terry be (laughs) heart She's hard. <laughs> She's totally hard. She's all hard. Uh, I mean, all, we, we start Cabaret with Ash just being so damn self-centered that I, I just can't. I She just, Terry deserves better is what I'm saying. <laughs> just like Liberty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a duet. It's a duet, not a dictatorship. I have that written <laughs> down, too. I wrote, I wrote that one down. <laughs> Okay, not that Paige is better in this situation, but at least she can see that Terry's unhappy. Right. Yes. And Paige is just being Paige. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that at the beginning of the episode, though, before we know, Terry, uh, Ashley is is playing the keyboard, and Terry's like, do you want to hear a protection chant? And I was like, (laughs) where are we going? What's about to happen? <laughs> and that she learned this all so she could practice PowerPoint. That was the shittiest PowerPoint two slides I've ever seen. Okay, but also another of my favorite lines, which is excellent use of PowerPoint. Yep. 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 <laughs> Top marks for her PowerPoint presentation. What? No. I mean, granted, I mean, like, that's not even early days for PowerPoint. Like, we knew how to use yeah. that shit by that point. Like, 
It was not good. I think, I mean, really, though, the PowerPoint was just set up for her to do the Ouija board on Spinner's dog's name, which can yep. we all, like, who doesn't name their dog Rocky or <laughs> if they're Spinner? Like, of course his dog's <laughs> name is Rocky. I could have guessed that. Well, um, who is it, Ashley, that's like, well, he told you that a month ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Such a bitch, dude. Ash, Ash has so many opinions in this episode that are not good. And I just... Mm, oh, there was another Heather Sinclair reference, too. There was. Just, was... It was in... It was when Paige was... You have it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Terry's talking to Paige about the act. And she says, that sounds lamer than Heather St. Clair's Highland Sword Dance. So... <laughs> oh, my God. I need to see that. Paige I... is actually... Paige is actually a poet. And that's 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 all we really need to know. Has she done uh, a poetic dance on an environmental theme, though? We'll get there. <laughs> um, but also, re- related to that, though, I loved Paige's facial expression when she actually did listen to Asha's song and her little oh, yeah. disc man or whatever. She, oh, my she, God. She looked disgusted. <laughs> she looked like Maxine Waters, like, having to deal with white men. Like, she really was like, please give me back my time. Please. <laughs> I would like to reclaim my time right now. Thank you, Ashley. I mean, yep. Paige's, I love Paige's conception of how uh, getting into the industry works. <laughs> in another episode, it was gotta meet your mom. And in this episode, it was this lunchtime cabaret. Yeah. How we're going to get a record deal. I just want to go on the record to say that my school did not have a lunchtime cabaret <laughs> and I feel cheated. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say. And also, yeah. did they eat lunch? Or <laughs> is it like one or the other? You get lunch or cabaret? I think the, uh, the kids that performed probably got pizza. That's what we got when our orchestra would perform for the school. Like, in things like that. We huh. get pizza. And that's how they justified our indentured servitude. Okay. Because we were the school's entertainment. I mean, I nobody see. seems to be eating. They're just in chairs facing the front. Right. <laughs> and Liberty's... That is amazing. Oh, it's my favorite It is my favorite Liberty's thing. outfit is fantastic. She's dapper cute. She looks pretty cute. I know. I mean, I had... I wrote it down and I underlined it. She's wearing a tuxedo and... with a top hat. And she is everything that I wish that I was when I was her age. Seriously, <laughs> but... though. But also, in addition to that, Paige and Terry's blue sunglass, Britney Spears combination. Sparkle um, tops. It was so great. Like, it took took me back. Seriously, I'm not joking. I will find this in the archive. That material was my high school show choir dress material. The women of Fortissimo, spelled with two Fs because Fortissimo, wore that material (laughs) in our swing choir. It was awesome. And it was that color because our high school color was royal blue. I assume your choreo was better because that choreography was bad. Not not much more. I mean, no, they, I mean we, we had local students choreograph it. So it was pretty on, on point like to that. It was a lot like that. Well, and I was wondering, too, like if it's are we supposed to believe that like they like put the put it together quickly because like they had set it up for three people and then only had two people to do it or no it's just really that bad oh yeah but it's really that bad 
Mm-hmm. I also feel like this episode is like really heavily leaning into Ash's momness because she's like she'll make it all sexy and stupid and I'm mm-hmm. like what what do you mean you're like 13 what are you talking about relax <laughs> she relax. also t- calls her outfit a, a sex worker outfit doesn't she <laughs> yeah well she doesn't say sex worker but yeah because she's rude she is yeah, she's so mom here, and then only two episodes later, she's not. Is not. <laughs> she's like, Sean is so like, here's, people. Yeah, Sean's like, here's the responsible thing to do. And she's like, but maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. She's well, like, people don't understand me. I'm wild. Yeah. I mean, I liked the end of the episode where she basically was like, you guys were right and I was wrong. We do have another uh, scene where we have someone watching through a door or glass, just like Emma, when she has her realization she was wrong. Is it only ever exclusion that can teach people that they're wrong? Like, is it only if you're not going to go along with the with the crowd, then you're just going to die alone? Wow. I mean, I think that Ash is used to getting her way with Terry, yeah. right? That was kind of like, all right. Well, and, Fine. and Emma is too with Manny. It's definitely parallel situations. Speaking of which, <laughs> Manny as the hunter is amazing. It's so good. With, with her gun crutch. Her gun yep. crutch, yes. Yep. And her, her buffalo plaid because she's yep. Canadian and but, a hipster. But also, like, <laughs> when they decide that Toby's going to fill in for Manny. Emma's like, you're the only one who's been to every rehearsal. And I'm like, it's been one day. What are you talking about? What is time in Degrassi? Flat circle. Clearly. Paige had to learn the song by 4 p.m. And I was like, but oh is God, it lunch yeah. today or tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, I loved the endangered panther dance debacle because I thought it was the best, like one of the better Emma, like the show just leaning into how bizarre middle school children can be mm-hmm. and delusional yeah i wrote in all caps in my notes emma is a dick and i don't know why <laughs> really, i just was really i think i was angry at her using toby so much like she knows she's gotta know that he's like so into her oh yeah because then she she rewarded sean and not toby oh, yeah. and told sean he was brave i'm like bitch fucking toby just went on stage and like rolled around in a black leotard. You're yeah, mean. You're a yeah. dick. But Toby's also doing this nice guy thing, and I just do not have the patience. That's true. Yeah. Well, I, and I can see that. I mean, I the best thing about this whole episode, other than Liberty's outfit, is that JT, who is an asshole later, but in this episode, like he's Toby's like, I'll do it, and JT is like, uh, why she has a boyfriend. Uh, Toby's like who refused to dance so who's the hero now but then it cuts to Terry doing a tarot reading and the card is the fool (laughs) it is the best thing it's the best cut it's so good speaking of which by the end of the episode Terry's decided to give up on her tarot cards and she just throws them away and I I was like who does that what what (laughs) seriously she trades lip gloss for tarot I will say, though, that that fall when she twists her ankle, when Manny twists her ankle, is like one of the worst fake falls I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I'm like, could you not do another take? <laughs> no. So maybe she just didn't believe. No. 
I like that also as it goes, she starts saying, I am creepy. I'm creepy. <laughs> yeah, no, Terry, like, deserves better always and forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although she looks beautiful in her costume. Mm-hmm. She's so cute. I love that the choreography has her, like, it should be Paige in the front because she's shorter. But there's whole segments where <laughs> they're standing in a line. You can't see Paige. <laughs> yeah. Terry is the star. She's, she's got those uh, occult feels. Okay. Well, and, it, and her talent is what made the twosome happen. Like, had she not lied about what the card said, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been a duet. It would have been a dictatorship. I am here forever for Terry, but Terry also did just straight up steal the song. And now I know that like Ashley didn't yes. let her have any input on it at all. Like it's supposed to be a collaboration and it wasn't, but the person who wrote the song then is not a part of the performance at all. Does that mean that like to be part of the team, like you have to compromise, which I think is fair and fine. I mean, I don't know. There's something Ashley- about Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, there's just something about, like, it's the the lesson that she learned happened at such an extreme cost. Terry and Paige had no compunction about, like, just straight up using the song and without Ashley at all was weird to me. I think <laughs> Ashley, Ashley showing up at the end in her, like, trench coat ensemble <laughs> or whatever that oh was. God. Like, they were expecting her to perform with them, and then she just... She said no, and she was expecting Terry to side with her, and then she said no, <laughs> and then, you know, shenanigans. I mean, Snake clearly doesn't doesn't realize he's screwed up, and then realizes he's screwed up, and then just and, literally walks out of the scene. As, <laughs> as, as one does. Yes. All, him using the synthesizer and being so excited that somebody wants to use it is amazing. Also him getting to gush about his band Zoo Remedy. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? Zit Remedy. Oh, I thought it was Zoo. I wrote down yeah, Zoo Remedy. And then it's... I wrote Snake's Band. And then I wrote, is his name Snake? Or Snake? Don't remember. <laughs> Zit, Z-I-T Zit Remedy? Remedy? Oh, no, I heard Zoo as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Zoo Remedy. All right, we're renaming <laughs> Snape's Band. And we're na- renaming Snape. Did you say Snape? Snape? <laughs> yep, I did. We're going to rename it. That's it. Okay. Any, I mean, should we move on or were there other feels that we had about this episode? No, I think, I mean, I think the Toby thing you're pointing out kind of, well, it's less so in Under Pressure, but it comes back in the last one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, the last two are both, I mean, if we want to pivot to them, mm-hmm. this is kind of what I said in the beginning is like, I like the Sean character for most of this episode. Because I think that he's, I mean, Degrassi does this a lot where we have a character or a thing that happens and they seem to both want to depict something fairly real, but they also don't quite want you to not like someone. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think they want us to like Sean even when he does the bad things. I feel like they, yeah, no, I agree. I, I was, I forgot about this episode. I knew there was a thing that broke Sean and Emma back, but I forgot what broke him up but I forgot that this was it the first time and sorry spoiler alert I really didn't like how chill they were about him push he pushed her to the ground yeah like he pushed her to he like harmed his girlfriend and yes it was in a heated moment but like I I don't feel like Degrassi 
chastised him enough because I was like, that's really fucked up. Like, that's really messed up. They were not on school property, which I think is the point. I mean, like. No, no, I didn't mean the school. I mean the episode. Like, I don't yeah. feel like I don't feel like Sean was. Sean, I wanted I wanted the the writers to be more really morally heavy handed about that, and all he did was lose his girlfriend. I'm sorry, you. Just, I mean, so spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> the, the the series does come back around to like domestic violence, so to speak. Yeah, but I think that here Sean is a character that you're supposed to understand instead of write off. So like. They are not trying to go too punitive on him. I mean, obviously, yeah. if they break up. They want you to hate him. They just want you to, like, you know. I mean, it's interesting because the next episode in the season ends with this sort of, maybe that we don't hate Ashley, but we are like, you really fucked up, girl. Right. But it doesn't end with, like, in that in that last episode... Sean tries to do the good, the right thing at the first half, right? He's the one who doesn't let the boys take ecstasy. Ashley is the idiot who takes ecstasy. And so the, the, the emotional weight of the end of the season is Ashley's world fell apart. This is where I like Emma and Manny as a unit because they're Manny. We, can, I, we all feel some sort of way about how Manny is treated as Emma's like number one. But in these two episodes... Manny seems very much to do the best friend thing of like, don't you fucking come over? Like, don't play yeah. these games. The boys actually, the other boys, the younger boys, take more of the brunt for lying to them about Sean being there. What were you going to say, Tiffany? Well, sidebar based on what you were saying, the look that Manny gives Sean when he yes. comes up to her in the hallway is amazing and like she's really manny's really good at like she doesn't do it necessarily in a way that emma sees it but she is really good at giving people these looks when they are approaching her like her friend you know and like basically like being the sort of i don't know bodyguard in a weird way but what i was gonna say earlier was like i thought that it was really interesting that in light of your other sort of like questions about how we're supposed to feel about sean like the opener of the episode is very careful about laying out um some of his background so like he has a social worker he has anger management issues but also his mom is an alcoholic and he really doesn't want to go live with her Uh and so like the situ the sort of domestic situation that he's grown up in is supposed to sort of like give us an understanding of like why he might have these anger management issues. And so like, not that I think that the show is in any way trying to like excuse his behavior, but explain like how he got there in the first place and that he's trying to work on it. Cause I think that we do understand that he is trying to work on it and he realizes immediately that he fucked up. Does that mean that it's right? Absolutely not. But yeah. I think in the logic of the, of the show, if someone sort of like the first step in like getting into the show's good graces or, you know, the universe's good graces is recognizing that you've done a bad thing and that you want to correct it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think like the writing is on the wall at the very beginning because tracker says, you just have to keep your nose clean and get good grades and everything will be okay. And that's like, that's like the biggest signpost that everything is not going to be okay. But it's not the things that Sean thinks are not going to be okay, right? He's all worried about, like, his grades and everything. But, and that's all because of all those things that you just said, Tiffany, like, all the things with this, 
mom and his his background like that's why he doesn't believe that he's going to do well which then causes him to like lash out at people and then jimmy's being an ass for no reason throughout the episode and just poking at him and then that's how they end up fighting I mean, the next episode, and I had forgotten this till we had this discussion, when they're watching the movie, there's also this thing where Paige starts a conversation about how Sean has become sexier since the fight. Yeah! And that's also pretty icky because nobody ever steps in and, like, weirdly, they don't have Ashley do what you would expect because Ashley's role usually in the show is to be, like, fighting is dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. She's not in the room or she's not paying attention and so we get also this, like, bad boy thing, right? Where it's like... Yeah. Which is, I mean, I guess not unexpected, I would guess. Like, I mean, I would expect Paige to say that. Totally. I would expect so, Terry to say you. Yeah. It, well, so, like, the, the bad boy conversation carries over into the final episode because that's precisely why JT and Toby invite him over. Because, like, they want him to uh-huh. teach them his bad boy ways. And so, uh-huh. so I mean, like, you have, so, like, I think that, like, we're to understand because of their behavior that we're not to trust their judgment. And I think that, like, already to this point, there have been enough things where, like, Paige, we're not to trust Paige in a number of ways. We love her because she says dumb shit and it's really funny. But, like, I think that, like, when it comes to relationships like she is i don't know i don't know that she's the role model she's Paige hasn't just i mean we haven't really seen Paige very much in relationships i mean there was like the the minor spinner thing but we haven't really seen like dating Paige yet yep because she's gay okay (laughs) anyway (laughs) that's that's not accurate (laughs) she's stolen quote unquote two guys already or you know like or at least mm-hmm. gone after two men who are at least, if not unavailable, interested in somebody else. So I think that that's more what I was thinking about. Like, we're not really to trust her in that regard. Mm-hmm. And obviously, JT mm-hmm. JT is just being his creepiest creep in the last episode. Oh, my God. Why is he a thing? Ugh. I would say, and, like, JT, Jesus help him, he does get better, but the first season and the second, some of the second season, I feel like he's just, uh, he's, he's a creep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian's name is Oscar. <laughs> what? Uh, Sonnet, you named that cheerleader boy Brian. <laughs> oh, shit! I was like, shit, is Brian somebody else's secret name? <laughs> Oh, man, he's so not an Oscar. He's such a Brian. <laughs> Isn't he? He's a Brian. Brian. On a, on a lighter note, I'm disappointed that Liberty didn't make out with Ashley because that seemed to be where that was going. Yeah, oh, right? That's a, that's a lot for season one, Brenda. I did not. <laughs> I, I, I was not shipping that moment. Oh, I thought it... Because as soon as they come in, she won't stop talking to Liberty or making her dance with her. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought this was a setup for Liberty to read Ashley, and so I like had my popcorn ready for that. Like I was like, Liberty's gonna be really mean right now, but she wasn't. She was just like, "Why are you touching me?" Can we talk and, about how Spinner brought a watermelon? Right. Yes. I hope to the party. I really hope there was mm, vodka in that. I I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> 
couple hours, like, is this like, are we doing a dirty dancing moment? Like, I mean, is somebody, <laughs> somebody got another watermelon and they're like carrying it into the party together? Oh, like, Lord. what is going on? Like, did he, did he pick that up on the way or did he bring it from home? <laughs> I like to manage giant watermelon. headphones. Why was she rude? Why was she wearing those? It was rude. <laughs> it was so weird because the, the whole point was just that, that she couldn't hear them. And I was like, what is happening? I really like, I wanted to see more of the girls' night, three of them. Mm, oh, that would have been great. I thought Manny was doing that thing that I do when, I, when I'm overstimulated. I'm like, I need me time. And I just put my headphones on, even if I mm. move people, because I'm horrible. She, 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 was needing, she was needing some me time. If I go back to the for, to under pressure a little bit, the can we talk about how like unsubtle Emma is with bringing up Sean's background Shit. after talking to Tracker, she just is like bull in a china shop with it and like burns the popcorn in the process. And the most dramatic burning of popcorn. Yeah, I heard you were right? trouble. Well, and I texted Brendan because I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I, she just needs to like. She has no chill. She needs to learn some nuance and some, I don't know, empathy and subtlety. She's the opposite of chill. The, yeah. the very uh -huh. I, I understand they were under pressure. Like, I didn't have tests <laughs> that were that stressful in middle school, but damn, calm down. Right? Tracker um, is kind of creepy, though. Tracker? Yeah. Tra whole thing creeped me out. So, I don't know. I, I kind of gave her a little bit of a pass because I was like, Tracker makes it sound like it could be anything <laughs> right and when also he starts off like <laughs> carrying on their previous conversation which was not great nope. <laughs> then he's then he's also like, like months Jake, later right. like grown up is like ooh, i'm gonna hold on to this for three months so i can burn that 12 year old Again, I'm not really <laughs> sure how tra old tracker is supposed to be I feel like he's like a smooth 19 and oh, then, Lord. That's like it. And then, um, I mean, really, though, if you think about it, like, he's probably not that much older than Sean. He's just old enough to be an adult. But then he's like, but you're good for him. So blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Ooh. The whole, it grossed me out. And the weird, because I think that's another place where the show seems to want us. That's also, he's supposed to give us some, like, class resentment, politic but it just ends up creeping me out. Oh, I was okay. I, I mean, Emma is, has no chill. But if I was a 12-year-old girl and a much and a somewhat older dude was like, hey, this guy's trouble. The last time I was in trouble with a guy did not end, like, I don't know. Right. I mean, well, at least she didn't start a school rumor this time. <laughs> True. In looking up Chris Holden Reed again, by the way, because he plays Tracker, um, I found out that his name is Kristen. And Chris is short. His name is Kristen Aww. Holden Reed. How old was he in 2002? Um, I think he's like eight years younger than me. So I don't know. He would if that fits, you know, 18, 19. Uh, yeah. I wanted to talk about Miss Kwan's awards. Uh, my favorite of which is student of all students. <laughs> yes. Because, and then the next award was, like, most good student or something. And I was yep. like, Miss Kwan, you have a better vocabulary than this. I feel like you could diversify. She's got a lot going on. She's, she's you know, 
Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> Sinners was the best, obviously. Yeah, that, I was... I was. What was this? Uh, most Improved or something? Oh, but There was a sweet little speech and... Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was like, um, have come to... The, the nice thing was that they've come to some sort of truce. Um, but I'm mindful of the times on it, and I know that you have to leave in four minutes. Do you want to tell us who your favorite and or favorite thing was um, before you leave? I have three things. First, I'm officially naming the Sean and Jimmy fight the Battle of the Brows. Because <laughs> it was like... Penciled an eyebrow on Sean. Like, I think maybe Sean, the actor, like, burned his eyebrows off because they are clearly filled in in that episode. Plus, Baby Drake's got a lot of brows. This was before he started threading them, I think. So it was, like, definitely Battle of the Eyebrows. So that's not my favorite thing, though, because I didn't like that they fought. I think my favorite, my, my favorite thing is probably Sean making JT and Toby chew the ecstasy pills. Because it'll yes. go down, it'll be more effective. And so they chew aspirin, which is so gross. And they're, like, totally in on it. They're, they're totally into it, I should say. So that's one of my favorite things. My second favorite thing is Terry's lip gloss in Cabaret. The entire time is flawless. Like, she's, like, on some Beyonce, um, <laughs> the Mine video. Like, I don't know if y'all have seen her makeup in that video, but her... Her eyeshadow and glass are just perfect. And, ooh, and Drake's in that video, too. Look, full circle. Full circle. So, yeah, uh, Terry's Makeup, Battle of the Brows, just the, the name. And uh, Snape's band, Zoo Remedy. Not Zit Remedy, Zoo Remedy. And, yes, his name is Snape. So those are my... <laughs> those are, oh, and also Ashley's burn about Paige being a hag inside her, <laughs> with her personality and on the outside. Oh. That was... That was Aww. that was mean. That's two, mean. you can't tell someone they've got a hag personality. Two different times in my notes for the last episode, I have Ash is dumb, and then later I have <laughs> girl Ashley, you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And her hair also, like in cabaret, was horrible. I'm gonna find a vid- I'm gonna find a picture of it and post it on our Instagram. It was real bad. And he and of course Emma's hair is really bad too. Yeah. Her hair watch. I mean, it's been not that bad. Like it's been fairly normal lately. Yes, but the halfway pigtail things and they're always crooked. Like, what is with that poor girl? Like, does she not have a comb? Does she not have a fucking comb? Maybe she and or does she sleep on them? Also, <laughs> that's true. Her mom's a hairstylist. Let's round to your hair. God. At some right. point in my notes for the early part of Jack and Little Pill, I just have in all caps, damn Emma. And I don't know <laughs> what it's in reference to. Wait, what did you say? What was your note? It just says, damn Emma, in all caps. <laughs> maybe maybe her bench cry and her no, hug. No, it's earlier in the episode. <laughs> okay. Earlier in my notes. I see nothing in my notes early on about Emma. Uh-uh. All right, y'all. I've got to go, but I just want to end this by saying, fuck Sean. I hope he gets better, and I feel bad for him, but I don't feel that bad for him. Yeah, he's fine. I, I wrote in my notes in all caps, I don't, underline four times, don't feel bad for Sean. So, 
I guess that's where I'm ending it on this, this first season. <laughs> okay. And Spinner brought a watermelon. That's the other thing. All right. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye. So I like how in Jagged Little Pill, like one minute when 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 Ashley's the ecstasy, she's like, they're way too young to be experimenting with drugs. <laughs> first of all. You are a year older than them. Second of all, you take the pill like two minutes later. What is happening? So that's the last episode of the season. So what is the arc? Are we supposed to see see an arc for Ashley here? Well, what she says to Sean, you know, is like, I'm so tired of being seen as the good girl and only good. And Miss Kwan gave me the student of students and that's boring and blah, blah, blah. But then she also like you know, throughout the season it's like hating on stuff that Paige does. So I don't know what Ashley wants. But also maybe Ashley does not know what Ashley wants. Mm-hmm. She very much has a mean girl streak, but like doesn't want to admit that she might have that mean girl streak and instead uh-huh. wants to be misunderstood. She instead wants to be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I, I think that like Maybe this is where she starts to realize that that all doesn't sit well. I mean, misunder like she wants to be misunderstood in a different way, in a way that she feels other people are isolating her or something. When when actually like she's right in the middle of everything, and wants everything to actually be about her. I don't know. She's never been a favorite character of mine, and I think that like part of my dislike of her is this like really wanting to like occupy all of those positions at the same time. Mm-hmm. all those different subjectivities and like you just can't girl like you gotta like pick something and go with it mm-hmm. not that we can't be like com- complex individuals or anything but like I just mean like you can't simultaneously be like teacher's pet and also say that people aren't giving you a fair shot there's also like a sexuality thing with her and Jimmy that I feel like because the other part of what happens at the end right she makes out with Sean and whatever we want to think about all the stuff she's saying it sort of like seems like the whole season she wants to be sexual in a way that she doesn't want to be. Like she thinks she, which is kind of related to that. She thinks she should be doing things, right? She she basically tries to have sex with Jimmy because Paige told her she should or she'd lose him. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like here she thinks that maybe this is a way she'll feel better. Mm-hmm. But her, her and Jimmy are odd to me too because Jimmy, some like, sporadically also plays the parent role but ultimately he's just really dumb and she's not dumb she's just not very she's just not self-aware because at the end he's the one that's like drink water or else you'll boil your brain but right. an episode earlier he's the one's like i'm gonna fight and she's the one's like that's really dumb it doesn't matter who's a coward don't get in a fight so i mean part of it is they're te- they're tweens and teenagers and that's when you're mm-hmm. always either an adult or a child right one well, also like Jimmy's not caught up on the sex thing though. Like he's not hung up on yeah. that. And I, she wants him to um, play the jealous boyfriend, and that is not who he is. Because it does seem that like a lot of like her dissatisfaction is that he doesn't react in stronger ways than than he does. Uh-huh. And she doesn't understand partially just because middle school isn't built on long term relationships that stability is okay, right? That seems to be, like, the discussion about, like, this episode is the one, right, where they have a discussion about if they're cooling off or things are getting deeper, mm-hmm. right? 
she seems to have this idea that relationships should either be hot or over. <laughs> and Jimmy seems very satisfied with this very... Partially because besides the one episode about the basketball, Jimmy doesn't get an episode. Mm-hmm. So his character seems fairly static in certain ways mm-hmm. and is mostly plot. Right? Like, I don't... At the end, I feel bad for him, but I haven't really been built... Like, I don't... I feel, I feel more feelings for Spinner than I do for him because Spinner gets episodes. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's role is sort of like kind of a male equivalent to maybe more like Liberty where like when he's important, he'll show up and he'll do stuff. But when the show doesn't care, he'll just be in the background. Yeah. Taking basketballs. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's interesting too that like these are the two characters who have gotten drug episodes and like is there something about like I mean like I don't know Jimmy's has a very specific reason but I guess that like Ashley's seems to be more about like some sort of dissatisfaction and trying to like change things up I don't know it's like do you even know what ecstasy is girl like it doesn't seem like a fit for the situation and well, also Jimmy does. well and also I'm not entirely sure the show knows what ecstasy is because because Ash does a lot after she takes those pills or takes that one pill, I should say, that is like all over the place, including like obviously like touchy feely, but also like mean and hazardous and all kinds of shenanigans. It's, I mean, I love the boys sort of like interpretation about what they think they're supposed to be experiencing on E, but like, Oh yeah, <laughs> which I mean is it is a totally different thing, but like it it doesn't necessarily. I think the show is confused too about that, as as is evidenced by her reactions. Because like yeah, the meanness and all of that stuff, like that, I didn't sort of get because that's not that's not what should be happening. Right. I feel like what they are trying to do there was have the ecstasy be like the the conduit for Ash to reveal her true feelings. But I was like, I don't, I don't know much about ecstasy, but I don't, mm, like, maybe you should have just had her drink some alcohol. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like those things were not equally matched, but I guess they felt like they already did one bout of alcohol in the season and that was enough. Yeah. Well, in all, both the drug episodes, also, the drugs, it's not, there's something weird about it. both of them end up being about people who think that drugs will get them what they want and they don't, right? Mm-hmm. So Jimmy thinks that Ritalin will get him the like spot on the team. Ashley thinks that ecstasy will make the relationship better. And so the drugs are very narrowly presented, right? There is no dealer. There is no network. There <laughs> is no, right? It is literally like it appears because Spinner has it or because JT has one in a little baggie. Right. There's just no intentionality, like, uh, an effort put into it. Like, drugs happen by accident, almost. Uh, you know? Uh, and, I mean, like, there, it's a little bit more intentional with Jimmy, but because, but he doesn't have to... What I mean by intentionality is they don't have to do the work, the sort of, like, legwork of going to find someone who sells it and, and all of that, which I'm just tacking on to what you said. Well, and even in the episode with Terry and the drinking, it's I guess Terry's house wine 
that she mm-hmm. <laughs> ends up drinking. It's not like they went out seeking alcohol. It just happened to be there. The takeaway for all of these is reducing your inhibitions, even the Ritalin sort of reduces his inhibitions, makes you your worst self, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like a par- it's a parody of the thing you wanted. Because, yeah, she could have just easily been drunk. I mean, I guess it, they suppose they sort of spin it as, like, most of that speech is just, like, she just feels so good she has to share. But mm-hmm. the hack stuff obviously does not fit that at all. Mm-hmm. Well, so... I mentioned the the 50s apron earlier, but, like, that whole thing, the sort of 1950s, like, apron hostessing thing and putting the pill into the pocket of the apron, like, felt very much like mommy's little helper sort of thing. Like, and so, like, it was interesting to sort of, like, think of her as trapped in some sort of version of domesticity and this is the only way that she can handle it and so so because like I think that the styling is so peculiar because like we do not see her in that context and it's also very strange that like this is how she's putting together like breadsticks for like girls night like I don't I, I don't know. Like that's yeah. the only way that I know how to read it is that they're trying to do that kind of work with this episode with her. I was just like, did do y'all not have popcorn or <laughs> order a pizza? Maybe like what Emma is... burned the only bag of popcorn mm. in the crossing. <laughs> Can we talk about also lines that feel like extremely dated now? Because like when Emma and Manny show up at the party, Ash is like. You're not Jimmy and Spinner unless they had a sex change. And I was like, whoa, oh, yeah. whoa. Yeah, <laughs> and then I remembered yeah. it was 2002, of course. Yeah. And hearkening yeah. back to earlier um, comment um, about Heather St. Clair, but also when uh, Ashley gets the award from Miss Kwan, she, she says that it's lame. And like just thinking about like how that language has sort of shifted as like being very ableist and like, it, those were just those are terms to me that stand out as well. Like, I mean, I know that people still use that commonly, but at least like I don't usually like use that terminology in that way because of, of that. And so it just like I think that like if that if Degrassi were now, like they would not use that language precisely because of that sort of um, sort of discourse around like the ableism of that language, like they would be a pioneer in not using those kinds of words. Mm-hmm. Or Spinner would use it. And then Ashley would say, Spinner, we don't say that anymore. Yeah. Which might be the case on next class, but I haven't watched any of that yet. The thing to go back to the domestic goddess thing is interesting too, because the episode starts, does it start with them being told the parents are going out of town? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It starts by Toby stealing food out of Ashley's hand and mouth. Like, Ashley is about to take a bite out of a muffin, and Toby just, like, straight up yoinks it out, like, no, you shouldn't be eating that. Like, he doesn't say that, but that's what it, like, I was like, he just fucking stole that food, like, right, like, she is about to bite into it. They follow that with the mom basically saying... Basically, that discussion is like, we know you're a good girl, so you'll never do this. Right. And we're glad we, you can be responsible. Well, and then right after that, we have Miss Kwan give her the award. So there's like a series of things that are about being trapped. 
which, I mean, if we have our two white girls, which are kind of this whole season, we've been talking about the two white girls, right? Her and Emma. Mm-hmm. And Emma seems to never feel trapped because her thing is to go out and find problems to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. And Ashley feels always trapped because, like, Emma gets hurt. I mean, that's an unfortunate turn of phrase, but literally but even just sort of mentally by the issues she tries to take on, whether it's boys or the environment, Ashley feels hurt because she doesn't. Because she doesn't do what she wants. Mm-hmm. Or what she wants is these really normy versions of things, right? The non-sexy version of the song. Mm-hmm. She's a complex burden. I don't understand her. Well, I don't understand her. I really don't understand Terry because... I feel like every two episodes, Terry is on the verge of telling her off, and she doesn't. And the show doesn't seem to want her to. She keeps trying to save Ashley from herself, and that does not work. Well, and like her invitation to Paige to join the group is seems like like I think that she kind of immediately like regrets her decision in some ways because like she's there's that scene where she's kind of caught between the two of them. And she really doesn't want to commit. She doesn't want really either version, but like it seems like something's gonna give in some way, and that like it's it's better than just not being heard. And so like it's like she wants to. It, it seems to me that she wants to be friends with Ashley in a way that will result in them doing fun things that she would do with Paige, but she doesn't seem as invested in Paige, but Paige will allow her to do things she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems to know Paige is less trustworthy and, and Paige is more of a bag pie. I mean, it's interesting because Manny has already this season talked back to Emma, right? That's been the premise of that whole episode, right? Right. And mm-hmm. Terry doesn't really get that, but Terry is on the show a lot more than Manny and gets to talk a lot more. Yeah. Terry Terry doesn't really get to commit to it. Yeah. Well, and at the end, I was surprised she was there to help her clean up because I was like, why would you help this person? Ashley treats her terribly. And I just, uh, this is, yeah, I think the episode title is Terry Deserves Better. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Right. Yeah, definitely. The Toby thing is interesting because I hadn't really realized how much of the nice guy thing he's playing until you said it. Mm-hmm. At the very end of this episode, I like Toby because Toby is being sweet to Ashley. Mm-hmm. Right. He's trying to cover his own ass, but also because generally... I, I think that the food thing that you point out, Tiffany, is really supposed to, re- to show us that they have entered into a sort of more loving brother-sister, aw-mom relationship now, mm-hmm. even though it does double work. But, so those two are sweet together in a way that, because the hug, right? So Emma cries outside, and then Sean comes out, and he's, as you said, has his thug tears mm-hmm. from the brief, which I had to decide that he, that, he only kissed her for a second because otherwise that's a whole nother creep zone that I don't think he intends to be in, but it could be. I, I also don't think, I mean, they're not really clear on this, but I don't think he knows she took the ecstasy. No, I don't think so. I think it's pretty, I understood it to me. And this is why I interrupted you in the beginning, Tiffany, that 
we're supposed to read it as like both these people have had their defenses lowered, one by drugs, one by this emotional thing, which only really makes sense, as Sonnet said, because the episode so far has been like, he kind of did a bad thing, but eh, he's all right. Look at him hanging out with the younger boys. and But he right, doesn't yeah. want to. He's just there because he's like hoping to make things right with Emma. And as soon as... Yeah, I mean, and he does like prevent them from taking ecstasy because Sean has some, some sense about that. He's street smarts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, I do very much enjoy Sean's enjoyment of the two boys' yes. placebo effect. It's yes. it's pretty great. Especially JT. JT is about to, like, bust out the yoga mat in this episode, <laughs> and I'm just like, what What do you think drugs are? I, I don't... The shalom. The sitar music... The sitar <laughs> music... Like, shalom is namaste. <laughs> The sitar music, I was literally, I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. Like, it's just, the music choices in this first season, on occasion, have been just, like, sheer strokes of genius. And that was definitely one of them for me. It was the Beatles discover LSD sort of moment. (laughs) But then how do we feel about the hug when Toby hugs Emma when she's crying? Because at first... I was like, this is very sweet. But then there's like a way, like he takes his glasses off, which makes me think he's going to try and kiss her. No. Well, I think, I think by that point, Toby's being a friend again. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because it's both very sweet. Yeah. But the run up to it is not great. No. Yeah. No, and I think that like Toby is sober by now. He realizes he's not on drugs. Um, (laughs) And he, he has seen both of them be both Sean and Emma be very torn up about this. And so like, I think that he does have quasi romantic feelings about Emma, but I think that he is a friend to her. I mean, like they hang out. I don't think, not that they necessarily had this language, but I don't read the whole situation that like Toby feels like he's been friend zoned, you know, that sort of like bullshit, like construction. Like I think that they are friends, but he also likes her. At least that's how I'm reading it. And I'll be interested to see where the show goes with this in the future. If it does, you know, if, if we do sort of pay further attention to Toby's feelings about Emma. But I mean, in that moment, I also read it as just a sweet thing that a friend was doing for a friend and the, the glasses, I mean, like, I take off my glasses like when I'm feeling things. So that's all I read that as. That's true. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. I mean, and I wrote Toby as a sweetheart when I, I mean, I think because it was Toby and Terry at the end of this season are like the perpet, like be better. It would be if for some reason Manny was there to clean up after Emma. Because mm-hmm. uh, we have the two of them and Spencer or Spencer Spinner with that box. Oh, and, the box of pain. I know. Yeah. Uh. I know. Which is like a very, that's a very good like best friend thing for Spinner to do too. Like mm-hmm. to deliver this box and say don't don't call. Yeah. Now it was, I mean it's interesting because on the one hand the stakes are lo- like they're so small because they're in middle school. Because when I finished I was like that was a lot but it wasn't a lot if they were all like 30. <laughs> <laughs> I, at first I was like oh that wasn't that big a deal and then I was like 
Oh. No, it was a really big deal. I thought you were saying the other way around. Yeah. Oh, never mind. That makes sense. No, no, no. I was, I was like, this doesn't feel, and then I was like, I mean, it, and even now, if, you know, if I got drunk and said shitty things to my friends, there were repercussions. The repercussions, I think, are escalated because they are all 12 and 13 and mm-hmm. everything, everything is forever, forever, right? Yep. At least until next week. Well, and but also, like, can't get out of that ecosystem. I mean, that's the ecosystem yeah. you're stuck in. At least as an adult, you can, like, I don't know, drive yeah. your car to or take the bus to a different bar, you know, if that's the yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. No, the school ecosystem is, that shit is bonkers. That's so and, tight. And it's, like, 2002, so it's not like you can really escape into social media or anything. Like, you, these these are still your people. Like, these people in your life are your people i will say there were aol chat rooms and that shit was for serious i mean i i was in chat rooms but like, that's where I don't, we started it, remember it was not the same yeah yeah and that did not end well at all but also so we've uh we've got to the end of the season and uh you two you two are now one full season in degrassi how, <laughs> how, how are you feeling about it now I am less skeptical than I was when we started. I, I've been enjoying it, <laughs> which is a, a, a way to short sell uh, the fact that I have increasingly been enjoying the show. The first couple of episodes were pretty rough, and I was like, I don't know. But I think it's a, I think that it's a really good show that is a lot more nuanced than American shows for young people, and I really enjoy that. Yeah, I think the thing I was saying about the stakes are interesting because part of it is the time period, but the stuff with the drugs is very pointed and that they make it about emotions and less about the scandal. I mean, the scandals are clearly scandals because they're middle schoolers, but I think that's the thing that I think is interesting, having watched a season, is how good they are at showing the difference even between middle school and high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's something so middle schooly about some of these issues and obviously high school is also bad, but middle school was like hell for me, hell on earth. And so many of these things speak to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been, to to think about development, I feel like I have seen an arc between like kids coming into grade seven and kids about to go into grade eight. Yeah. Like, because like we, we talked yeah. early on about like the sort of difference in maturity level that we saw when when we were looking at like the grade sevens versus the grade eights at the very beginning of the season. And so like, I think mm-hmm. that it's been interesting that the sort of trials and tribulations have been paced such that like it, and not necessarily escalated, like just different things have happened that like we've seen a sort of like emotional, emotional maturation happen in a, in a really natural and sort of uh, televisually sophisticated way. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think partially, too, that the Ashley thing is ultimately about the idea that in spite of all that maturation, you could get to the pinnacle of what you're, you should. I mean, this goes to the, the domestic goddess thing, right? Is like she should be perfectly happy because she's achieved all of the things and she's not. Right. Mm-hmm. And not that we need a million, you know, we can critique all day the like sad white lady thing. But that is a very adolescent thing, right? Is like... Mm-hmm. And that she is neither, I mean, I think she annoys people a lot, but she sometimes is very smart. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like she's just dumb or she's just smart. She does still dress like a mom, but otherwise she does a lot of different things at once. 
No, I enjoyed it. I uh, I think I'm with Tiffany that the I do think that the writing gets better maybe as the writers come to understand the characters. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even a sh- an episode like Cabaret, which you know Sonnet sort of said, in some ways feels like a a tossed off episode. Even when it was flat, it was fun because we know the characters enough for it to carry right. something that doesn't really move, move things in the way that later episodes do. Mm-hmm. Well, it was. I thought that it also was a nice sort of breather before diving into two heavy things. And I watched 90210, the first run, and I know that, or Beverly Hills 90210, not 90210. Uh-huh. So like the original uh-huh. cast. Donna and Kelly and all of them. I don't remember ever having any sort of levity in the same way that this show has. And I really appreciate that. And so like while Lunchtime Cabaret isn't super serious in a lot of ways, it it was, as you said, very fun. And also I, again, just have to say that Liberty and her tuxedo is like probably one of my Mm -hmm. favorite things of the whole season. Like, and mm-hmm. where else are we? That and her red fucking cowboy boots. Like, I wish that she was wearing <laughs> cowboy boots with the tux. I mean, like, where is that continuity? I really need that continuity in my life. You know, you just couldn't possibly have that in a heavier episode. So I appreciated it. So should we do favorite things? Sure. Can Right before we do that, can I just... there? I was going back through my notes to see what i missed and there are two things first of all the closed captioning on um on youtube is bonkers with mr radich and i just have to share a couple of things because it comes up as mr radish mr rabbit (laughs) mr writer with a y and ratata like the pokemon and Oh, that sounds like the auto captions. Yeah, yeah, it is. It totally is. It's the it's the it's the closed caption, the sort of live capture. It's not subtitles. Um, I mean that. I mean, what I mean is, it sounds like they haven't edited it. Yeah, because you can edit those. (laughs) Yeah, but it's. uh, I really have been enjoying it. And the other thing is, when Spinner goes to the nurse. Oh! 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. That was one thing where I was like, the writers, like, I don't know. I'm not with the writers on that scene. So he goes to the, he (laughs) runs, I mean, the lead up to the scene is really great because, like, right before class, Miss Kwan is, like, I think, like, writing on the board or something. And you see Spinner run by the door, like, four times and then come in and basically ask to be, like, says that he, is running a fever and she feels his head and he's sweating and clammy because he just like ran the hallway four times. So she sends him to the nurse. Nurse Henderson. Who, who is a guy, which I feel is relevant. Oh, to the- yeah. Yeah. Takes his temperature with a mouth thermometer and it comes up, <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, comes up 98.6. And he's like, yeah. And then Spinner refers to it as what, Cold War or Space Age technology? Yeah. And I was like, Spinner, how do you know this this nomenclature? <laughs> Anyways, carry on. Well, and then Mr. H- or Nurse Henderson is like, well, there are other ways. And he like... Uh... <laughs> pulls out the Vaseline? And I'm just... <laughs> on this giant, like... <laughs> like, mercury thermometer... <laughs> 
It's like as tall as a toddler. It's so long. <laughs> what is going on? And then he, so the thing is, he takes this giant thermometer with this Vaseline on it. And Spinner's like, I don't want that gunk in my mouth. And the nurse is like, it's not going in your mouth. <laughs> and then, and then, and then Spinner runs out of the room. And then Nurse Henderson laughs by himself. <laughs> I wrote Nurse Henderson and the anal threat? Question mark? Like, <laughs> what is it? Oh, it pissed me off so much. It was, it was a lot. I'm laughing now, but at the time I was like, this is really not cool thing. Like, no! even if it's a joke, it seems highly inappropriate to me. And, uh, anyway, right. I just like, I couldn't, it, not, it was a lot. It was so much. And like, I, I was like, okay, Degrassi, you need to reevaluate that one. Cause that's not cool. So anyway, favorite yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, minus the return of Miss Kwan. Um, my, I have two and they are, um, the blue sunglasses and Sean's thug tear. <laughs> Mine is the auto capture for Mr. Radich. And, <laughs> and as I've said before, Liberty's tuxedo. It's the best thing. It is the very best thing. I would say, I mean, I just, I, to, to elaborate when we talked about Miss Kwan already, but I just love that also she comes back like, like everyone's nostalgic. She's nostalgic for them. They're nostalgic for her. Yeah. And I, and I'm like, how long has she been gone? <laughs> but I don't I mean, understand the grassy time. Like she comes back for one week, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't maybe. Well, and her husband's apparently is still alive. So mm-hmm. he's, his chemo is working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's a kindler, gentler, although still, she still has that amazing flatness of affect in her speech. Oh, the other favorite thing that I had is the moment where after um, Terry pulls the high priestess and says that means go with the new, Ashley comes back to her the next day and is like, I did some research and the, and the, and the high priestess means go with the old. Like, what, bitch? Like, what is going on? Like, That's... you did research? Well, first of all, Ashley went to ask.com <laughs> um, and she did her research, but also that's when she's wearing her little trench coat thing. And I'm like, all right, Ashley, I can see where this is going. Well, and it just seems she wildly, it seems wildly out of character that she would be so into mysticism. I don't care if she had an aunt that did it. Like it just, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like it just seems so weird to me and so out of character. I mean, like, but I also that's kind of one of the things I really love about the show is that like. They're not afraid to just, like, have each person have at least, like, one bonkers thing that is seems so out of character. Yeah, I am I, sad that uh, Manny had to get her ankle twisted just to make that narrative happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. My last question for you, Jacinta, is do they all stay in the same school next year? So, I don't remember at which point this... They stay together. And there's some, there's various things that happen throughout Degrassi to make this make sense. Um, but I don't remember when it happens. But yeah, they they stay together. So even though, because was this, this is like a middle school, right? Right. Or was, right. Okay. Yes. Yes. But there's like a reason, there is a reason, but I can't remember if it happens like over the summer or in the first episode. 
the point is that they stay together. Okay, gotcha. Because then once they get the next kids into their next grade, then they can all go to high school together? Yeah, they do. There are some new characters in the second season, I think. But it's mostly the same people. Does Oscar come back? Does he get, like, is he, like... No, I don't. I didn't remember him at all. Okay. Well, Oscar, we knew you briefly. This podcast is edited and recorded by our own Tiffany and uploaded uh, by Jacinta. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook at uh, That Bleeping Podcast, on Instagram at That Bleeping Podcast, and on Twitter at That Bleeping Pod. And you can send us a message on all of those places. Tell us what you think of our episodes. We want to do more bonus episodes where we watch films. So what should we watch? I was just going to say, you can also rate and review us on iTunes. You can listen to us on SoundCloud. Well, thank you guys for talking about things about... The- stuff never mind i can't talk i'm done okay bye thanks for listening bye bye